0: Welcome to Something's Brewing Podcast. I am Mike Sullivan, your host, alongside Zach Sullivan and Nick Melanson. We are in partnership with Black and Gold Productions, LLC. You can follow them at BNG Productions on Twitter. And um, yeah, we got a lot to talk about. We're the newest guys on the block. Um, You can follow us all on Twitter. Our Twitter handles are on the screen if you're watching the visual version. My Twitter is at underscore Mike Sullivan. Zach's Twitter is at Zach underscore Sullivan 22. Zach with an H. Zach with an H is a good point. (laughs) And Nick Melanson, aka Mel, you can follow him on Twitter at Nick, N-I-C-K Melanson, M-E-L-A-N-S-O-N underscore.
1: So yeah,
2: uh,
3: before,
1: uh, before we get started i do just want to say so everyone knows how courageous and brave i am i'm doing this podcast with strep throat oh, just kind of playing through it like uh, campbell in that ship <laughs> with the broken leg he, you're not going to pull, pull him off the ice you're not going to pull me off the podcast
0: there we go so that's zach for you guys i'm sure you guys are going to learn a lot more about him he's got some takes if i had to compare zach to anybody it would probably be mike felgate He's, uh, always, <laughs> he's always trying to stir the pot. felga always trying to stir the pot. He's not going to be afraid to say, you know, the uh, the hot take. He's going to get you guys riled up every now and then. And he's not even trying to. Like, he's he's being his genuine self. <laughs> Those are, these, are his re- these are his real opinions. And I know he's going to piss off a lot of fans, a lot of people. And feel free to attack him on Twitter. <laughs> he's, he's always open. His DMs. No, don't DM him. Tag him. always tweet them, tag them. <laughs> right back at you. And under here is Nick. Nick, what's up?
2: Nothing much. What's up with you?
0: Nothing. Just whose who's jersey on your door? That's actually that's actually a jersey I got in 2011. That's a Milan Lucic jersey. Woo! It's that thing has been through so much. Dude,
1: one of my best finds ever was around that same time someone left a Milan Lucic jersey sweatshirt. Oh. Whoa, I took so that so thing cool. in two seconds. Yeah, I found it <laughs> in my social studies class back in junior year of high school. I was like, this is fucking mine now. Dude, well, the, that Didn't work for like two weeks. So, you know, I kind of had that statute of limitations <laughs> expire.
0: That I fucking started wearing that around the halls of school. I've never seen you. Next time I see you, you're going to have to show it to me. Oh, dude. Never seen or is it look, long gone? It's uh, long gone. Uh, it probably got stolen by somebody off, else. Dude.
1: Yeah, no, I, yeah, like, I'm pretty sure, like, some chick wore that home one night. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Congrats. Well, um, uh, I, I didn't like the way it looked. I thought at the time it was really cool, and then I realized it's just that uh, it was a poor-fitting sweatshirt. So, it was like, I know I'll never see this sweatshirt again, so it was the one that I let her take home.
0: It sounds like it served its purpose. Yeah, legit. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely saw some miles on it, but that jersey behind me. Um yeah, I've had it forever. It's it's signed by Jack Edwards, it's signed by Chris Kelly. Um it's been to five game 7s since then. Three goes record? how many record? Yeah, actually, What's the record? Yeah, actually I don't know. I don't know, but it it's got to be a winning record because I've only seen the Bruins lose I think 6 or 7 times and I've been to more than 20 games. I will say it's only seen one playoff loss. It has oh, only seen good. one playoff loss and that was mm, that was so we're gonna to to g- those jerseys. <laughs> we gotta get into it.
2: more games.
0: I know. Alright, so let's just let's jump in here. We'll jump into the first segment. Um Charlie McAvoy, shoulder surgery. Matt Grizzlick, surgery. Brad Marchand also has surgery on his shoulder. So the Bruins are looking for at least the first twenty to twenty five games. They're gonna be without their number one left winger, stud, Brad Marchand. They're going to be without their number one defenseman, Charlie McAvoy, for at least, he's going to be out for at least 25 games. He's going to be missing about a quarter of the season. And then Matt Grislyk, he's not as big of a loss as the other guys. But still, when you're looking at our defensive depth, like you're, you're missing two top four defensemen right off the bat. And when you're talking about, Jumping the gun and you're going to have to get off to a good start in the beginning of the season because you just saw with free agency, Ottawa just signed Alex Duprinke, Ottawa just signed Claude Giroux, um, Detroit just signed David Braun. and we have to get to a hot start if we expect to keep up with the teams in the Atlantic Division, you know, Florida's still there, they got Kachuk, yeah, Hoover Doe left, um, Uyghur left, Florida's still good. Um, obviously, you got Tampa. Montreal is gonna be crap. Doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> and then you got Toronto, and Toronto is interesting because they still Just have their core. Just wait for court.
1: Toronto to fucking piss down their leg.
0: I am nah, they not worried will. About
3: them. They, they
0: got they downgraded it in their goalie. They they have a worse goalie than they did last year. Matt Murray stinks. Like I don't, know <laughs> what, I don't know what they're doing. Dude, what happened to what him? He he was supposed to be like the next big like the next big thing, and yeah. he just kind of Pittsburgh fucked up right. Yeah, then. they, they sh- traded Andre Flurry. Flurry and won a Vesna. <laughs> Flurry literally won a Vesna. What are you doing? But I'm curious to know what you guys think. Who who would you pick? Let's let's go guy by guy. So Brad Marshall, who's going to be the guy that you're looking at to n- not replace him because you can't replace his production and no one on this team can really replace his production, but who are you looking at to step up and kind of carry the load? And, you know. Does it have to be a player?
1: Does it have to be a player to step up? (laughs) Who who are you thinking? I need the front office to step up.
3: Yeah. (laughs) I
1: I mean, and I don't want to get, like, too in-depth into this because I know we have a couple segments later on that we want to talk about that are going to – kind of tie into my argument on this, but I think since day one of Sweeney being in that office, everything has gone as fucking poorly as it could. And they need to, they need to step up as far as signings, hitting on draft picks, not mismanaging the cap. So you could, you know, backfill these positions with obviously you're not going to get guys that are as good as Martian and as guys that are good as McAvoy. It's impossible. But you should be able to get guys that are you know better than replacement players. You should be able to get solid guys that can step up and play a role, and for a twenty game step, uh, twenty game stretch, play above their skill level. And you just you don't have those guys on this team right now. So you're not going to fill that. You're not going to get someone that's going to step into these shoes because the front office hasn't given you the players to do that.
0: Okay, so piggybacking off of that, and I know we're kind of jumping all over the place right off the bat. But that's that's kind of what the show is going to be all about. We're gonna we're gonna talk a lot and we're just kind of <laughs> jump around. But I mean, if you're following along, you're gonna get it. So with that being said, do you do you blame Bruce Cassidy for shortcomings or do you blame front office? Who do you front blame? Front
1: office, dude. Bruce Cassidy. had no, They needed to find a scapegoat. They because because Neely didn't want to lose Sweeney and Sweeney couldn't take the heat for us having shortcomings so they had to get rid of Sweeney I mean had to get rid of Cassidy
2: yeah I feel so, like you can only do so much with a team that's given with you and like you just said I mean the front office is horrible they can't do anything right they can't trade for the right players they give out horrible contracts they can't draft I I would love to see who they try to put on that line to take Marshan's spot because I, I literally can't think of one thing that they could possibly do because they would definitely mess it up
1: Dude, when whoever posted that fake Gianta posting, and and I asked Michael, that was
0: was, was the Heat Daddy. That was the Heat Daddy account. You fell for that so bad. Yeah,
1: but what I was saying to Michael after that was, I think it's more indicative on the fact that I, it's more, it makes the team look more stupid than me. The fact that I actually thought the team would bring back some guy that's been retired for four years to play, (laughs) (laughs) because I saw it, I was like, of course, dude. Let's just get another fucking veteran reset on the team. (laughs) <laughs> As, uh, they definitely talked to this guy and had taken, like, the like smallest amount of money that they could find. And they were like, just play 20 games, yeah, dude, and we'll fucking put you on IR the rest of the season and pay you out. The funny, you probably
2: definitely weren't the only one, too. I imagine there were plenty of people going, oh, wow, the Bruins are really bringing back or something <laughs> like that, because I honestly would not be surprised.
0: It's like, it's like he always goes at the same two. He always goes Brian Giotta and Lee Stempniak. it's it's always those two it's always those two it it always gets people too the turtlenecks yeah the replies are like no way like stephanie is coming back (laughs) but um okay so with that being said though do you guys have any players in mind maybe because it's only Craig Smith's
1: got to play better this year
0: would you put Craig Smith on the first line
1: yeah I think you could actually get more out of him on the first line dude it's worked when you've seen Cassidy try to shake the lineup up in the past, and they put Craig Smith out there, Craig Smith's produced.
0: He has. I mean, I just wouldn't trust him in a in a first line role. In that situation, I think you put Jake Zabrusk up there with Pasternak, and I mean, I'm assuming. Is considering Berger so Berger I'm just going back. to save yeah. it for right now. We're going to save that for later. But no, because, saying, assuming dude, right now, you've Bergeron's seen friend.
1: DeBrusque actually produce on that second line before. I Even think you need. Line. But he also did it on the second line last right. season, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, the, when Cassidy broke up the lines last year, he put Pasta on the second line with um. It doesn't matter. You put with yeah, yes, yeah, sorry, Hall and Holla and Pasturak, and they produced, and then you slid DeBrusque up with Bergeron and Marshawn, and then you finally had two lines who could give you some scoring. And hey, some can that fucking depth. guy that we just traded? By the way, Bruins
1: have a hard-on for 2015. Box.
0: Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Nothing that suck in... That Sweeney's wet dream right now. Yeah. And under, it's like, Look, I was,
3: there's more of them.
1: I remember right now, <laughs> I, I saw a tweet and on, on Twitter. And you was taking that six. I wasn't the worst one to fuck up that draft.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I saw a tweet on Twitter that I sent to to Mike right after. And I, it said that um, Sweeney's collecting draft busts from that year. Like, Thanos was collecting infinity stones. He just added <laughs> up name after name. I am curious, though. Who do you think is going to have a better first year than the new team? Do you think it's going to be Montgomery? Or do you think it's going to be Cassio out in Vegas now?
1: Cassidy out Vegas, dude. That Montgomery. team, that no, because here's the thing: is I know that team looks like it's trash, but I I think we're too close to the situation. We're pretty fucking bad, dude. <laughs> Especially with how many guys are gonna be out for a very long time.
0: All right, so that's a good. That's actually a really good segue into the next conversation. So you're saying Montgomery or Cassidy? Who has the better season? And Zach, you're saying Cassidy because our team sucks.
1: I mean, well, I think it's a race to the bottom, really. I don't think
0: it's going to be who's making it to the playoffs the best. But what if, what if the I wouldn't say likely scenario, but what seems to be no realistically, conversation... I'm
1: just being a dick. Realistically, it's probably the Bruins because we still have some sort of foundation. Vegas right. is just like completely stripped to the bone.
0: Well, they just traded Pacioretty for nothing. Dude, they like traded like, no, like everything nothing. for nothing, dude. They, yeah, they're I know. Fucking terrible. Their asset management is terrible. But how?
2: Wait, how did that happen? How do you trade him for nothing?
1: They traded they, him for. They, they traded, traded him with another player and a pick for a salary dump for some fucking Joe Schmo. Oh
0: no, my god. I, I literally. I think it was just future considerations. I don't was even, it really? I,
1: that? I really think that's what it was. And yeah, yeah, that's it was crazy move. And yeah, so they also sort had of to tie a draft pick into. Everyone was sucking their dick, and right, rightfully so, when they made the cup their first yeah. year because they actually did crush that expansion draft. And you can see how for the Kraken, it, like it, it's not a given that just because you're able to take and vulture away players from other teams that you're going to be nasty. Because the Kraken obviously they were, not were god to awful. <laughs>
0: All right, hang on. Max Pacioretty and Dylan Coughlin. Dylan Coughlin is a very good prospect. He's a defenseman. He used to play for Vegas. Max Pacioretty and Dylan Coglin to the Carolina Hurricanes for future considerations. Hey, hold
1: up. <laughs> by, the way, by the way. That's crazy. Why what? the fuck can't the Bruins be in on something like that? We don't have the cap. Because Sweeney's
3: their Oh, heels? you don't have the cap? Oh, man, yeah, yeah. I mean, you haven't heard, of, you great, heard
0: about You're the cap? cap? You haven't heard about have the cap? cap. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, wait. Hang on. We were talking about Montgomery and Cassie. Mm-hmm. And that kind of ties in. You were You were saying we you originally picked Montgomery or uh, Cassidy. God, I I still get those two. I know. I took I
1: took Cassidy (laughs) again to be a dick. It's going to be Montgomery because we still have good bones on this team, and if all the dominoes fall into place, then we we should be able to, like at the very least, be a six or a seven seed, and we should be a wild card team. I I don't see us finishing probably going to be a lottery team. Do they do no, lotteries I don't in the think NHL? there'll be a lottery team. I don't team. fucking know the NHL draft at all. What, do you, what did you ask? Do they do lotteries in the NHL? Like yes, in the NBA? Yes, okay. Yes. All right.
0: But I don't know. Vegas could still make the playoffs. It's good like they, a, uh, wild, hey, the NBA, a wild card what's, what's, what's,
1: what's their record? I mean, not their record, The
0: roster. Vegas is? Yeah. I don't,
1: dude, I don't think it's that good. And you got to realize the West is a the a juggernaut we have we probably
0: have the best division in 100 oh, yeah, especially now especially what? now with all the moves ottawa and detroit made and buffalo is getting better too i'm telling you i said this last week on the black and gold hockey podcast i said watch out for buffalo if we don't sign patrice bergeron and david creche i legitimately would not be surprised if buffalo and don't forget the
1: rangers them. are going to get mcdavid next year I think so? 100%.
0: If he's smart, dude, dude. he's
1: the fuck out of there. And the Rangers will have the money to pay him. They have a roster that will entice him. They got that nasty goalie, Igor, or whatever, right?
0: Oh, Shasturkin?
1: Yeah, they got that nasty goalie. And then they have, like, four or five good players in their their lines. And it would be the first time ever he, like, doesn't have to worry about his back check. He's like, wow. I got got real
0: defensemen. (laughs) Zach, Zach, honestly? Vegas's first line. Jack Eichel, Mark Stone, Chandler Stevenson. That's okay. Chandler Dad, Stevenson like, uh, is not a first uh, line forward.
1: Eichel's got to show himself cuz since he's gotten there he hasn't really done much. I mean, we know he's a good player, at least was before the injury. He's got to he's got to step it up at least how,
0: for the time being. How much does it it must suck to be Jack Eichel. Leaves Buffalo, goes to Vegas, and then they trade away Max Pacioretty and a prospect <laughs> for nothing. But that and they, they missed the playoffs. And they missed the playoffs, like, and Buffalo's getting better. I don't know,
1: like, Jack Eichel as a person. But it's just, like, really? the way he's kind of carried himself. <laughs> obviously <laughs> enough, like, I'm not even saying, like, through the media. Like, I don't know what people have said about him or anything like that. But just kind of see the way he's handled himself as a player with Buffalo. I just said like that's karma for the kind of guy he is. Mm. It's like he kind of quit on his team for a little bit because he realized that they weren't going to be good. Then he became kind of a little brat about how he
3: wanted to be, have a procedure. And I mean, I guess, you know, whatever. But um, you know, if you want to go get that experimental surgery, go for it. But
1: there's a reason why that they were scared to sign off on that. It's because they owe you millions of dollars and stuff. Right.
0: It's well, a complicated situation. All. all yeah.
1: But, and so you drive yourself out of a team that, you know, drafted you second overall, this and that. And, and I just think it's kind of funny and laughable. Now you end up on a team that sucks again. <laughs>
2: well, interesting. Um. You- his way out of vegas now
1: yeah he's like you know what, man this isn't for me either
0: just don't
1: come to boston it's like please. when carson palmer yes, like, right. like i'm done with i'm done with the fucking Bengals. I'm like all right how's oakland that's <laughs> the exact
2: kind of player sweeney would go for too he's a damn local kid if you're right, from massachusetts exactly. you know sweeney's gonna take a okay. call on you or oh dude
1: that's what i was worried about where we gonna like we're we gonna just like Oh, Sand I remember.
2: I remember when uh, when Jimmy VC was trying to find a. They rolled out the red carpet for him. They yeah, when they, they built did. that He's whole that new good. the Warrior Ice Arena, they brought him down. They showed him everything like he was not, the mayor. Like
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I dude, like they one. honestly would
2: have. <laughs> Look at what happened to him. All
0: right, so I want to get both of your thoughts on Bergeron and Krejci. Why do you think it's not necessarily taking so long, but what do you think the holdup is? Because they were kind of expected to sign relatively quickly. And the last thing I heard about Bergeron was he was still contemplating his future. And I haven't heard a word about David Krejci since free agency started. Not a single word. What do you guys think is going on?
1: I think Krejci's waiting for the Bergeron domino to fall.
0: That's, what I, that's my theory.
1: He's not coming here without him. No. And then... With Bergeron, I have no idea what the holdup is. Maybe well, he's he just, just
0: thinking. I mean, he deserves all the time. In the world, first of all.
1: Maybe yeah. he's just like we still have Sweeney. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know, man. No, and, and again, I'm wondering if maybe we're trying to talk him into something else that like he might not be comfortable with. Because I mean, as us as a team, we know it's our like last dance, right? Whatever to like, steal something from. Uh, uh, everyone's been using these days. And I wonder if they're trying to tell him something along the lines of, hey, you know, if we're not contenders by the deadline, like we would like to trade you and get something to make us better. And he's probably – I'm just Bergeron? contemplating. Bergeron? Yeah. Well, like if the if no. Bruins are out – the there's
0: now, a no, hot no, take. <laughs>
3: no, I'm there's not. Guys,
0: no, I have Bergeron. no take on That's Bergeron. That's the hottest take you will ever have. <laughs>
1: All right, so you're telling me, you're telling me, all right, as a fan, right, take your heart out of it as far as loving Marie-Jean. If The Bruins are just absolutely not a contender. We might be on the outside looking in by, you know, five or six points at the deadline. You know, we're banged up. Guys aren't coming back for a while. They just, you know, one of those situations where you're like, we really, even after some moves at the deadline, probably aren't going to get it in, even into the playoffs. Or if we do, we're going to be an eight seed and just get steamrolled by whoever the one seed is. You wouldn't want us to be like, all right, unload whoever we can, to contenders, get draft picks, get – pro. no, just give me prospects. Don't even let fucking like, Sweeney touch a draft board. Get <laughs> prospects. Just like rebuild. Because you know what? That's part of the problem, and that's what happens to a lot of teams. You can even look at the Blackhawks, dude. They hold on to their core guys for too long, and then they're left with nothing, and they're burnt out.
2: Yeah, I feel like – That's why
1: they have to trade to break it. And that's why I'm saying, like, again, I'm not saying that that is what's holding him up because I don't even know It's like, I, I don't have, like, a right answer for you or anything better than he's just thinking. But maybe if there's something juicier out there, it's that Bruins are trying to overplay their hand. And they're like, hey, listen, come back. And, by the way, we would like to ship you out if you if we're not
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think there's any chance they're going to play for any other team. I think it's been pretty well know that that's the case but I mean I don't know I think it kind of speaks to the problem of this Bruins team I mean the fact that we're all kind of you know waiting for the news to drop that this 37 and 38 year old guys are going to come back to the team and and hopefully save the franchise I mean I get we all love them we love Bergeron and Krejci but I mean come on I mean we're hoping that these guys are going to come back so we can make the wild card or squeak into the playoffs but I think it's kind of indicative of how this team is built I mean, if I'm them, I'm looking at this roster and you just listed off the, you know, Marshan, you're not going to have McAvoy, you're not going to have Grizzlick for the first two dozen games of the season. I'm looking at that and I'm looking, I'm feeling my knees and my aching back and I'm saying, oh, hell no. There's no, and on top of that, you're going to have to play for a new coach. I don't know how they feel about Sweeney, but I know I wouldn't feel very good about it. And you're
1: going to you, have to go just back to the back to what you said, do you think he's looking at those injured guys and thinking, I'll... I'm not going to sign until maybe a month into the season when those guys are back.
2: I think maybe, I think they, they, I mean, they tried that with Rask last year though. We saw how that turned out. Rask was
1: already shot to shit by then. Yeah. But I mean,
2: I I, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I, I, Everybody and their mother was reporting that these guys were going to sign as soon as free agency started. And, you know, right. here we are weeks later and they still haven't signed yet. I don't know if it's something to be worried about or not, but I'm not worried they're going to be signing anywhere else. I'm just the only reason I want them to be on the Bruins is because I've watched Burris, Ron and Krejci wear the black and gold my whole life. I'm not ready to not see them out in the ice anymore. But I think the fact that a lot of people are kind of hanging in the balance, not because they want to see them return because they like them, but because the Bruins desperately need them, I think is problematic on their own.
1: I think the Bruins did that to themselves. Again, love them, right? Well, currently I'm indifferent on, but I love Bergeron. Like I oh, absolutely yeah. love Bergeron. What? And I, like you said, you know, you want to see them because you love them. And I, I'm, I'm on that same boat, but it, the Bruins did this to themselves, just absolutely putting all their eggs in one basket.
2: Yeah, yeah. and And, and you know, like, you know, Mike said before, I mean, you look at the talent in this division and you think of the leaders in that locker room. Bergeron's gone, krejci has gone. I mean, McAvoy's probably the next step leader. He's gonna be gone. Marchand gone. You're not gonna have those guys and you're gonna have some hard times to start the season because half your team is injured. I mean, I wonder how they're gonna come out of that. I think for that alone, they need Bergeron and Krejci in that locker room with some of these guys, especially with these holes, and you have to start calling some young guys up, but I don't know. It's not a good position to be, in, in my
1: opinion. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, I think that they're both going to sign, and we're going to be fine. But like you said, like, what do you think their record would be if those two guys? Well, if you had Krejci as your second line guy last year, do you really think that we would have been that much better and made any more noise? I
2: don't. I know. don't. know. And even this year, I mean, I'm, it's David Krejci. The guy has been playing in Europe the last year. Who knows what he can come in and produce? And
1: like, this what is why you, you needed. Yeah, this is why you needed to have better cap management, hit on better draft picks, so you mm-hmm. aren't like, rely- like, hey, you know what? Maybe if you hit on a free agency, you had a better trade, mm-hmm. you sign better players, and you have a second line center, and Krejci's your third line center. Now you're a great team. If Krejci's your third line center, like, there's so many ways you could have gotten more creative. Like, it, it, I was talking about this with Michael, and it's like a huge domino hypothetical, but like, what if you traded, you know, David Pasternak off to someone for, you know, a top line center, right. That you could slide into number two. And then you took a value bargain contract and a guy like Evander Kane that proven that he can still play in this league at a high level. And you slotted him in a Pasternak spot. So obviously he's not a 40 goal scorer, 50 goal scorer, but he's still like a very very like effective player that might score 35 in the full season maybe maybe touch 40 and then also now you got yourself a second line center that's young that you could probably you know pat on for a few more years in the new contract and then you know halla that was playing your second line last year he moves down to your third line and now your team's deeper
2: yeah i mean you know looking at the way this rosters built right now what do you, come come trade deadline time you think this is going to be a team that's buying or selling
1: I think this is a team that's going to buy. They're going to make some like – They're going stupid... to buy the wrong
2: guys probably.
1: No, they're <laughs> going to do like a <laughs> stupid safe face PR type of trade for some guy without giving up anything real to make the fans think like, oh, yeah, we're still in this. Like we're going for it. But they're not going to mortgage the future because I don't think at the time that they're going to believe – Like we're truly a team, right? Like if we're somehow the two seed right now at at the deadline, and you know we've been winning a lot of games, we're not slipping, and things are firing in all cylinders, then yeah, I think we might make a like legitimate trade and try to get somebody. I don't really know what we have to you know throw into that trade, but if we're six, seven, eight, they're they're not gonna want to, they're not going to risk it all for of 38 and 37 or old You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so they'll just do some, like, you know, uh, what's the word? Like I'm a
0: depth for? piece almost.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just like some depth piece to make it look like, uh, they're, they're trying. Right.
2: Yeah. yeah. I could see that if, if, I mean, if Bergeron, okay. If Bergeron and Krejci don't come back, who do you think gets to see? I was talking about this with Mike. McAvoy.
0: McAvoy. McAvoy. Yeah. As, no, I, I don't think. Or you can, actually, no. Maybe Marshawn. No, I don't think they see, give it Marshawn. you so. can't
1: give it to Marshy because he fucking well, he's gonna be an asshole.
0: asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you can't give assholes the
2: unfortunately.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it, it goes, he's a it good goes a. to Mashbo.
3: He's, he's a good, our well, asshole. <laughs> all,
0: right. <laughs> all right, so with that conversation kind of coming to a close, we're gonna do a little segment right now. We're going to. Do a little snake draft. We're gonna do a little snake draft. I'm gonna. I have. I have the names right here in a little in little pieces of paper. We're gonna do the draft live. We'll see who gets the number one pick. See who doesn't. And we're going to pick our all-time Bruins starting lineup: a goalie, two defensemen, and three forwards. So it'll be a snake draft. There's have
1: to be three forwards. I think we should make it like you have to get a center and then two wings.
0: Yes. All right. So you need a center, two wings. Because wings are like kind of
1: interchangeable, like, right, you know, yeah, left wing, right wing, whatever.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, so doing it live, the first pick goes to. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Zach. Uh, All right, so Zach oh, gets man, the number one pick. I already know who I'm taking. <laughs> number two pick, you could go with so many guys. Number two, drum roll, please. Is me. So that means Nick. <gasps> Damn. Gets the uh, wait. Third pick.
2: Do I get back-to-back picks though? Yes, you do. All right. So you'll I'll go three that. and then four. I'll take that.
0: All right. So I'm gonna keep my paper here, keep track of all these teams. So Zach gets the first pick. Zach, who are you going with? All right, you're on. Ron. <sighs> <I hate laughs>
3: All right, wait, so Zach wait, goes wait! With this is
2: all-time Bruins. You had the first pick, and you took Bergeron.
1: I'm building out a team, man. Hey, yeah,
2: I love Bergeron, but all right. <laughs> yeah, I was
1: saying, you, all right, Bergeron might be—he's not like the greatest center, but he's probably the best two-way center. I'm a big subscriber oh, yeah. in every single sport that defense wins championships. So you need a guy like him to win championships.
0: All right. I couldn't agree more, but I mean, this is taking him is kind of like Shane Wright sliding down to number four. So obviously, with the number two pick, Bobby Orr. Yeah, he should have been the number one, Bobby Orr. Now fuck Uh... that dude. All right, Mel, who you got? I mean, um, on, I have Bobby Orr. Bro, do you know why? how many
1: fucking defensemen we have, all-time great defensemen? We don't have all-time great centers. All right, you know what? That? Hey,
0: Bobby Orr is board. like the best defenseman of all time.
1: Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> you're a draft board. You
0: do what you want.
2: All, all right. right. I got, what you got? I got back to backers. First one, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go the defenseman route. I'm going to take Ray Bork.
1: That's a, good, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. That's a even really good pick.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then my second pick. Uh, I think I got it. T- I, listen, I think he's done one horrible job as Bruins president, but I think he did a great job in Dumb and Dumber. I'm gonna take one, <laughs> Mr. Cam, <laughs> Cam, Cam Neely.
0: <laughs> All right. He's on, on my, my He's <laughs> Definitely on my jack board. <laughs> All right, so I'm up. My number two, I'm going to have a very defensively minded team. I'm going to go Zdeno Chara mm. on the back end. Fuck, that causes a problem for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I got, I mean, think about that back end right now. I got Bobby Orr flying up the ice, and then I got the giant human being, Zdeno Chara, on the blue line.
2: Hey, can oh. we like can we like tweet these off. out later? I want to hear what people I want to hear people's opinions on the teams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I gotta hear what people say about taking Bergeron first. Oh,
3: uh, that <laughs> is a little crazy, dude. My team's probably having gonna be a 2011 the Stanley
2: Cup team. <laughs> <laughs> take take Campbell with your next pick. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: No, I was, actually, hey. I was actually going to take. Uh, i was gonna take. I'm tied up here, but I gotta switch. All right, give me, uh, give me Tim Thomas. Ooh. I want, I want an elite goalie, like, cause are we're, we're talking their primes, right? It doesn't have to be over the stretch yeah, it's yeah, 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 it's all right, their yeah, so, yeah, give horse. me, give me Tim Thomas. That dude will stand on his head and two thousand one, Timmy. Yeah, exactly. And I'll then, be. I mean, I have to go back to defense. I need to get a defenseman. Give me Charlie McAvoy.
3: Okay. (laughs) Wow.
1: I think at the end of his career, you will look at him and say he was an all-time defenseman for the Bruins.
0: No, I think so, too. He's like your draft pick. You're taking him young because you know he's going to be great. All right. My third overall pick. Center. Phil. God. Damn it. Esposito. Damn
2: it. <laughs> I was waiting for that.
0: You have to take Espo. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's third in points all time on the Bruins with like a, I think it's one thousand and twelve points. Um second in goals, four hundred and fifty nine, and he's first in points per game, one point six two. How do you not take Esposito?
2: He's a pretty good player.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right,
2: no? <laughs> he's not bad. All right, who you going with? Oh, it's, oh. oh shit.
0: Dude fell asleep on the job right. table.
2: I'm going to firm up the defensive core. I'm going to take another all-time great. I'm going to take Mr. Eddie Shore. Ooh! Throw him back there with Ray Bork. I mean, that's got to be the greatest defensive pairing of all time.
0: I should I Damn it. I
3: kinda, Actually, I didn't take Eddie Shore instead play of with
0: Orr? Yeah. Uh
1: shorthand or he was a little bit ahead of his time, but that uh, was a good pick. I was thinking of him too.
0: Yeah, that is a good pick. Oh okay, yeah, you back to back, Mo.
2: Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: Still on me. Um I'm going to take a goalkeeper. A I'm gonna take Mr. Tiny Thompson.
0: Oh, okay.
2: Thank you very much. Okay. I'm going old school with my picks. I kind of like your
0: team. Boy, Zach, know, your your team and mine out. are like
2: complete opposite. I got a bunch of old heads. You got,
0: you got his the new oldest. His oldest guy is from twenty. Well, actually, no, because oldest guy
2: is like
3: Bergeron, Tom- isn't it? Oh, Tim <laughs> Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> Tim <dumb>. Thomas. <laughs> Zach,
0: you're up.
1: No, you're up. You're the middle. Oh, okay. Dude, run
0: your show right. (laughs) With my my fourth overall pick, I'm taking right wing.
3: Don't you do it. Terry
0: O'Reilly. Oh,
1: okay. All right. With my my pick now, I'm going to take Brad Park. Ooh. Got to show up that defense. Got to go with someone old. That's a good
0: one. That is a good pick.
1: Yep. And then.
0: He slipped the cracks. If
1: we're going off the prime. <laughs> Milan Lucic. No. Oh. Dude, he led the team in points when we won the Stanley Cup. That guy no! also could kick the shit out of anyone. When he was at his best, dude, I don't think there's a more electric player on the ice.
0: Dude, I, I have his jersey right there. He, he was my next pick, I'm going to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, and I, and I got him.
0: <laughs> All right. Oh, I still need a. I can save goalie for last because you guys already took your goalies. All right. Yeah, you could. Left wing, Brad Marshawn.
1: I had a feeling you're going to go that way. Yeah,
0: yeah. I have a really old team, so I had to take a kind of relevant guy right now. Oh boy.
2: I need a center. No. Yep. I need a center.
1: There's a good one still on the board that someone should that you have to take.
2: Uh, okay. I, I think mean, I'm on my last pick. If we're thinking about the same person, then I was thinking about him.
3: But <laughs> but
2: but I remembered another center from the Bruins who played in the 90s who had a super casual 45 goal 143 point season. That would be Adam Oates. Oh. I'll like slide him in between the couple wingers there. I don't even remember. Who are my wingers? Who's on my team? Cam, Cam Neely, new
3: <laughs>
2: Wait, do I only have one winger? Or do um, I have
1: two? I forget who you take. You took, you took Bork?
2: It's you a took Bork,
0: short. Oh, I need another winger. Tonight. Tiny Thompson. Well, no, because Cam Neely's a winger, so you need a center.
2: Adam Oates is a center.
0: Oh, yeah, Which is yeah, for win. the <laughs> next three
1: episodes. We just build out our second and third lines.
3: Yeah.
0: Oh, we'll yeah. Today
1: yeah. is the first. the first line. Next week's the second line. Yeah. Today was the first round draft. Um. All
2: right. Is it still is it my pick? Do I back to back? Yeah. All yeah. right. For okay. My final pick. My other winger. I'm going to take Rick Middleton.
0: Ooh. Ooh, that's a good pick.
2: Got a couple of goal
0: scorers. All right. So with my goalie pick, and my last pick. So Nick, your team is all set.
3: Nice. Number
1: Are you four, writing this down, Michael?
0: Yeah, I am. You and
1: know you what we should do? You want
2: to choke our ass? I'm taking I mean,
0: Tuca. How can you is not Tuca, dude? <laughs> he's the he's the. All right.
2: We should make a couple of uh, NHL franchises and throw these guys in the lineup and see that's what team finishes with the best that, record.
0: Guys, <laughs> that. That, yeah. Okay, but on... Wait, no, no, time out. I'm not done with you. On Tuca, I know you're in the category where you think Tuca was overrated because he never won a cup.
1: Thank no, you. I don't think he was overrated. I mean, I think he's a, one of the greatest goalies of all time. But, like, dude... Dan Marino is one of the best quarterbacks of all time. But if you don't win the you don't if you don't win a championship, what does your career mean? That's how I, I mean, look at it. I come from, you did. Okay. Can if I tell you're, you hang on a winning a championship? <laughs> what does your career <laughs> really mean, dude?
0: Tim Thomas won that Stanley Cup still, allegedly. Yeah, dude, Somebody I, had to open the door for him. Can I tell I'll you one s- thing, Zach? Tuka rask, career playoff stats. Okay. 104 games played. That's great. Goals against the average. What do you think it is? I want to hit. What do you think his goals against is?
1: In the playoffs.
0: In the playoffs. I think it's season. close
1: to two or sub two.
0: Okay, it's two point two. Okay. Two point two two. What, what do you think his save percentage i
1: I want to say it's probably close to ninety five.
0: Point 0.925. Wait, are-
2: wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If Tukarask had a sub-two goals against average in a, in a save percentage of 0.95, that would be like the greatest goalie. Yeah, and
1: I'm
3: still I'm saying these outrageous numbers. What does numbers he have to, to
1: do? Because I'll tell you, I'm, I'm saying these outrageous numbers to build up my argument. <laughs> what, what did he do in the Stanley Cups against the Blackhawks? Choked away a fucking huge lead for having only 90 seconds left on the clock. And what did he do? Again, during the 2018 Cup run, I was his biggest supporter, and then this is when I completely fell off the Tuca
0: wagon. You mean 2019 when they played St. Louis?
1: Yeah, whatever right, 2019. What did he do in game seven? They get, don't tell me what he did all the way before that because he was phenomenal all the way before that. But when it comes to fucking nut up, that's when you're supposed to show up. Because I'll honestly give more credit to a guy that team carried him there and then he closed the fucking door. Then the guy that carried his team there, and then when he needed to, he choked it away. Because there's so many quarterbacks, and there's so many starting pitchers, and those are the only two positions I can relate to goalie, that probably had no right being in the position that they were in, except for the fact that their team brought him there, and then they absolutely showed up when it was time.
0: All right, Zach, just for the sake of your argument, I'm, I'm going to read you his career game seven stats.
1: Dude, I don't want to hear them because they're great. I know they're great.
0: <laughs> no, they're not.
3: They're not? <laughs> They're I not. thought they
0: were. No, 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 no. Not Game 7 stats. 2010, Flyers, when we, you know, when we yeah. talked away that whole series. away 3-0 lead. Game 7, shots against, 27, four goals against. So goals against average was 4.08, save percentage 8.52. 2013, Boston, Toronto. You could argue he was – they probably should have lost that game, but they had that incredible – legendary, electric, beautiful Game 7.
1: The Toronto Game 7 was yes. probably one of the most – that Stanley Cup run was probably one of the most magical times of my life because yeah. I had – honestly, listen to the run I went on right from when I was graduating high school through that first year after graduating high school. We had that electric Stanley Cup run, right? Yep. Me, me and my buddy would just get tanked in our basement because it was it was like <laughs> May – during the beginning of the playoffs, we basically were wrapped up with school minus a few like, you know, bullshit finals that you take at the end of your senior year. And we would just get Miller lights, like an 18 pack of Miller lights every night and just down them, go to school the next day, reeking a beer. And then, you know, we rallied that into graduation season, graduation party season. And then all the real big games kicked up, right? You had the, the penguins, uh, series and then you ended up with the Blackhawk series that was really really good i know there's only <laughs> two series and it sounds short but that literally lasts like six weeks
0: yeah but I'm um, all right i'll just skip to 2019 took took rask and career game sevens he's played six game sevens he's three three and oh the one in 2019 20 shots against four goals Save percentage of eight hundred. So in yeah, and, support of your argument, yes. But and hold regular up, regular season, one of that the best run to the of cup all time. in
1: twenty nineteen. Everything broke your way. It could not have been an easier run to the cup. Except all the big threats got knocked out.
2: Chris Wagner was tripped.
1: No, I'm sorry, he was tripped. Listen, I just Listen, I don't care. I just want to tell you when it's time for you to nut up. You know he's not showing up, which is why I was ready to I move just, on from him.
2: I am a diehard Tuka Rask fan. I am so sick and tired of all the slander that has been thrown this man's way. He's quite literally, arguably, the greatest goalie in Bruins history. He has He's among yeah, the top three in every single thing imaginable. He's been to three cups. And I also wanted to point out, I know you had mentioned that he wasn't good in the 2013 playoffs or in the 2013 Stanley Cup Finals, he had a 1.88 goals against average and a 940 save percentage with three shutouts.
1: No, no, no. In the 2013 I was arguing about, Stanley Cup, Stanley Stanley Cup about that one big moment with 90 seconds left. where 17 he, seconds? When dude, the
2: defenseman left a man wide open in front of the net, you're going to blame Tuka Rask for that one?
1: I don't I know. You, there was two goals I am, listen. In. I dude, am, there was two goals let in to get into that situation. So... Like, okay, yeah, sure, maybe, maybe that goal wasn't his fault, but how about the other one? Like, dude, I
2: – You can make an argument that they shouldn't have even been there without Tuka Rask. He was standing yes. on his head the entire playoffs. The whole that entire was year. That was S-20 one of the greatest runs we've problem. ever seen a goalie make in recent memory in the playoffs. And the Listen, fact know, that it's been know, soiled because know, the Blackhawks got two goals in 17 bad... seconds.
1: Yeah, I'm not sitting here saying he's a bad goalie. I'm sitting here saying that he just chokes – in the biggest moments, like, dude, all you had to do Literally, you have a fucking good kick saves in that fucking ninety seconds against to to the Blackhawks. You probably win Game Seven.
2: But that's they get to Game Seven because he's standing on his head. That Blackhawks team was an absolute wagon. The what fact was that
3: thirteen got...
1: fucking Bruins team like? You, like you're you're moving the goalposts now because now we want to talk about which teams are nasty. The Bruins team was fucking no, no, nasty no, no, too. no. They were they were both good, but that
2: Blackhawks team is a team that we still talk about today a decade Wait, later.
1: I don't give a shit. Do you, do you know what type of goalies choke away fucking leads with 90 seconds left?
0: I, hang on. I told you he was this guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> goalies, from goalies from the Toronto Maple Leafs.
2: Goalies from the Toronto Maple Leafs can't get That's out of the exactly first round.
0: That same playoff. Rask, Rask has been
2: a key part of, of two teams that made it on, to the hang cup. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on.
0: I think what Zach is trying to say is that Tuka originally was a Maple Leaf. Is that what you're oh trying to say? Oh my
1: god, maybe that's really a <laughs> <the> fucking
3: <story. laughs> Is that what you were yeah. <laughs> trying to say?
2: You can take the player out of the Toronto, but you can never take Toronto out of the player. Yeah, dude. <laughs>
3: oh,
0: All right, well, hang on. So, Bruins franchise records for goalies, most wins in career to Rask by literally almost. Dude, you guys years. should statistically
1: kick my ass in this argument every single
0: time. Well,
2: then guy, what right? else? I don't, what else? I don't understand. What else would you use? How
1: many goalie, how many starting, um, how many Cups did he win as the starting goalie?
2: I mean, you can make this argument about any player on the Bruins. I mean, Bergeron was part of two teams that lost the Cups. So was Krejci. I mean, yeah, Tukarask Rask, they don't make it to the finals without him standing Krejci on his and head.
1: and Bergeron were also I, absolute catalysts winning in I
2: 2011.
0: Did, I, I did what not, happened in 2019? Hang on, time up. I did not expect Andrew Tuka Rask to be <laughs> <in> 2022. What? <laughs> Hang on, no, 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 no.
1: Listen, I'm not saying that they like they should be let off the hook, but I'm just saying it comes down to your the, the two. I know they're like completely different responsibilities, but the two most important positions in sports are your goalie and your quarterback because they're they you you solely rely on them. And sure, a quarterback is gets way more opportunity if he has a good offensive line, and a, a goalie has way more opportunity if he has good defensemen in front of him, but Either way, at the end of the day, you expect them to win no matter how ugly or no matter how pretty. If you throw four interceptions, you better have a game winning drive. Just like if, like, maybe you're terrible, but your team gets you a game seven. If you close out that game seven, we're going to talk about that closed out game seven. But if you threw, you know, four touchdowns, no interceptions, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and now all of a sudden you're in the Super Bowl. And then you go into the Super Bowl and you throw, you know, two picks, you have a fumble and, you know, you, you don't have any touchdowns and you just look like dog shit out there. People are going to remember that about you. Just like if you go into a game seven and you get absolutely ragged on or you have a absolute – one of the most epic failures I've ever seen as a goal in the last 90 seconds of the Stanley Cup – Like, that's what's going to stick with you. That's my lasting memory of you. Like, I don't – it doesn't – because look at this. I don't give a shit how well you played because that doesn't mean anything to me. Because guess what? I'm never going to – like, don't be the guy at the bar that's talking about how great that team was if it didn't win the Stanley Cup.
2: And I think that's – I think you just kind of summed it up kind of why Tuka Rask really gets a bad rap in this city. I mean, for the last decade plus, he has quite literally been one of the best goalies in the entire league Mike just ran through he's literally among the top three in every single statistical thing a goalie could have for the Bruins organization that's what is it 90 something years old now. He's mm-hmm. been Probably to three older. cups. He I just said he had a 944 save percentage and a sub 1.9 goals against average three shutouts in 2013. He brought them all the way to game seven. And the only thing people talk about is when his defenseman let him out the dry with 17 seconds. And yeah. I just think that – I think that he was taken for granted in the amount of time he's been here. I think now you look at Swayman and Allmark, whatever you think of them, they're not too garrasque. And I think moving forward, you're going to start going, oh, damn. <laughs> I All wish we so- still had that no, guy.
1: Because no, because no, no, I think yeah. about Allmark and this in 10 years, we could run the tape back and say, wow, well, I kid's a fucking idiot. <laughs> I think Omar kind of has that swagger and that magic about him where he could pull a Tim Thomas where he just gets really fucking hot, just like a Jordan Bennington once did. That I think Tuca was a fundamentals guy that had all this skill and was a really fucking great athlete behind the net. Not that swimming isn't, but like I think Tuca. You know, was probably like you said. The reason why his numbers are so good is because he was probably one of the most physically gifted goalies. But I don't think he had that mental it demeanor, so that easy. swagger that you need to fucking go, uh, you know, to to win a championship. And, and it's something that you see. Like look at like I I I, I know I cross sports. Uh, huge <laughs> huge. Unwritten
3: rule. <laughs> look at Joe Burrow.
1: Joe Burrow might not have the fucking strongest arm and he but he he did there's something about him that brings his team to win.
0: It's what it, you're what you're describing right now is the it factor. You're saying Tuka didn't have that factor when it really mattered to be nails and shut it all down and be the guy that you could rely on to shut yeah. the door and have the confidence to just lock it in and end it. But with all of that being said we're going to get into this debate. Well, I knew my last it's, pick.
1: I knew my last oh, pick. wait a
0: minute. No, yeah, we're so much. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> yeah, take your And way. this
1: guy statistically does not deserve to be on this team, but he's just got a place in my heart from my old 2001 NHL days. Yeah. Sergey Samsonov.
0: Oh, <laughs> no, I love no, I Samsonov. I love that pick. I love that pick.
2: You should have paired him with Marco Sturm on the wing. <laughs> All right,
0: so with we got off the rails, holy but hey, we're passionate about Tuka Rask. Hey, I mean, when, when there's a chance to defend Tuka uh, I know you're I will gonna always do it take it the
2: opportunity, yeah,
0: I will too. So, and I know a lot of fans will do. And you know, Zach's here to <laughs> be playing devil's advocate for the other side, but <laughs> so with, with talking about goalies. Let's talk about this conversation that's been going around Twitter the past couple of days. Bruins fans are anxious about a lot of things right now, but I would say the main thing is the salary cap and they look at our goaltending situation. And I will say we have, we are very well off with our goalies. We have, I would argue a 1A and a 1B in Swayman and Olmark. The conversation has been that you trade Olmark right now, To clear that $5 million that he holds. And by the way, the Bruins have just... uh, Actually, I can pull up the number right now. The Bruins have... I believe it's $4,758,000 in cap space open. That's not enough to sign the guys you need to sign, by the way. But the conversation has shifted to trading Olmark... And making Swayman your number one guy, and getting some backup for cheap, maybe Kincaid because they just signed him. But you—that's a mistake. You do not do that, in my opinion. So, I'm thinking. And by the way, Linus Olmark or Linus Olmark has 16 teams on his no trade list. He's not going anywhere. No, guy, Linus, huh? Wow. Linus Olmark is not going anywhere. So and I don't wow! What a
1: sick contract the front office gave him, huh? Here we go again. (laughs) Here we go
0: again. All right. So now I need to know you your opinions. I think. What do you guys think? Do you butterfly effect, dude? Do you keep these two guys for one more season and then maybe explore trading Olmark when Swayman needs a new contract? Because ultimately you're gonna have to make a decision. But people are arguing for it to happen this year, and I think that is a giant mistake. Swayman is not ready.
1: I think a year ago, with where this team was and the way that you could see things were going to be moving forward, that they should have rolled the dice by spending a combined million dollars on goalie and had Omark. Uh, I mean, have Swayman and Vladar as your your two goalies, and use the rest of that money to beef up your D pairing, because. Dude, look at every – maybe not every, but look at most of the Stanley Cup teams in the last, like, 10 years. They've but, had three guys on defense that probably could have been, you know, first liners. That's what you need. And right now we we still only have two, and we've only had two for a very, very long time. And with the money that you could have saved by going with Swayman and Vladar, spending a combined million dollars there, you could have got one more guy that you could argue would be a first first team type of uh, first line type of guy and put him on your second line i mean i guess that's revisionist history because then you don't know do you go get hand to but right. uh mm, that's the way i look hard. at it and so i move forward with it now and i yeah i would trade Omar mark for the for the right return like obviously it's a salary dump so you can sign things but you gotta make sure that you have a second goalie
0: on, on you on. need to. In this in this in this day and age in the NHL, you need a one A and a one B. We had Tuca and, and Halak for a little bit and they were dynamite. You have I mean, unless literally unless you have a guy named Igor Shesterkin or Andre Vasilevsky, you need a one A and a one B.
3: You need Do to you? split look at
0: what
1: Korada yes. did with just Kemper.
0: They have Frank Uza. Okay, they but,
1: like, if, they he's have a, if he's backing on D. A Kemper, <laughs> he's <laughs> up Kemper, he's obviously not that great. Because, like, it wasn't like Kemper was an elite goalie. All I'm saying is if you can put the guys in front of him better, it, it saves a lot for the guy that's net. So if you got all that money to put into the, the roster in front of him, it probably doesn't look that bad.
2: Yeah, I mean <clears> – <throat> Having two good goalies, I guess, is a good position to be in. But I guess I think I would start the season with the two of them. But I would I guess I would try every option imaginable to shed some cap. I don't know if, if it would even be possible to get Nick Felino off this team. I don't know if oh you can get rid of God, if happy. you can get rid of I don't think you can get rid of Riley with you know, you you're kinda lacking some major depth back in the in the defensive core back there. But I think if you if you can't move them and it comes to the trade deadline and the Bruins are not even close to being in the playoff race. I think it would make sense then to move Omark, but I don't think I would move it now. I mean
1: Okay. No. I know. What would I, you need for in return if you moved Omark right now? Need, Besides just centers. a salary I, Literally you need, I you
0: need
2: I don't trust any I'm not even kidding, I don't trust anything that they get back in return. I don't, because okay. of the
1: front office, you don't
3: expect them because to Because of the front office,
2: I don't want draft picks because we've seen what them if, have – they've literally okay. had to trade their first-round draft picks how many years in a row now? Because they can't use them because they yeah. can't draft anybody.
1: What if you Wait, knew, the guy, exactly, what if you knew exactly. the guy coming back was was a legitimate defenseman, right? Like what if you found oh yeah. someone with the salary matches up and it's just like, hey, listen, we're not going to free up your cap space so you can sign guys what we know you pr- and i don't know because it makes too much sense it's probably no, not what the I, front office is thinking but what if they're like hey listen we'll give you a again you're not gonna ever fucking get this but we'll give you a victor Hedman type of defenseman that's on a like reasonable contract i'm sure you can find some. i don't know the contracts in the nhl but i'm sure you can find someone that's up to that you know yossi headman you know mm-hmm.
2: level yeah. of talent
1: and all you have to do is give them a mark
2: yeah, I mean, I would definitely we go. You would have to add more to that package. Than just I Hobart would definitely though. go for if you're gonna trade. Dude, work. I don't
1: give a shit about our prospects because guess what? Every <laughs> single fucking one of them turns out to be a major disappointment.
0: We do have the 32nd ranked uh, prospect pool in the NHL, and you know how many teams are in the NHL? 32, Thirty-two, baby. Thirty-two. I <laughs> saw they're actually
2: ranked dead last in in offense and defense, but second to last in goalie. So, at least we have that going for us. But I will I say won't this. Quickly. Know what? Wait, really?
0: hang on. No, no, no. Time out, time out, Zach. I will say this with your Darcy Kemper argument, okay? Darcy Kemper makes $6 million a year, okay? Linus Allmark makes $5 million a year. Jeremy Swayman is on his entry level, making 925 k So, would you rather have Darcy Kemper or would you rather have Allmark and Swayman for under $6 million?
1: But Darcy Kemper just signed that contract with another team after winning the Stanley Cup. That's why he's getting paid right now. Okay. Omar Look, came right over and got $5 million for being a fucking bum over in Buffalo. No, he was <laughs> on a bum in Buffalo. Well, his team was. Well, yeah, <laughs> Buffalo. Again, okay, all I'm saying is, one, I think we overpaid the guy. Two, I don't even think we needed to get the guy. So, yeah. like Telling me that having a 1A, 1B is like absolutely a necessity has been proven wrong by the avalanche last year. Like I know we're completely on two separate sides of the fence when it comes to the talent on our rosters, but it goes to show though, if you can build out the roster in front of your goalie, it doesn't matter who's in net as long as they can be competent.
2: Yeah, and I've always felt like those—if you have a one A guy, you can always find the one B guys. I mean, think of how many one B guys the Bruins have had here. You—you you talked about Halak. They've had Hadobin was a one B guy here. They tried out Marty Turco. I mean, there's always guys out there that they you can try, try and Marty they can stick.
1: I and mean, you know why they get called one B guys? Is because they don't get put out on the ice long enough to find deficiencies with them.
2: Well yeah, and, and we saw that last year when the Bruins had to roll with their one or two years ago, whenever it was that Tuka Rask didn't play in the playoffs, and they had to roll with their one B guy in Halak, and he got torched in net because you need that one A guy to pair with your one B guy. But also quickly, just this. I know Zach, you mentioned earlier, if you were to trade Olmark, you would want a defenseman in return, and I wholeheartedly agree with you I'm a firm I'm a firm believer that everything starts in the defensive end and I think that your team can only go as far as your defenses I like to think back of those Edmonton teams when uh, the how disgusting their offense was when they had what five number one overall picks in a row and their top defenseman oh, the was like Andrew, their time. top defenseman <laughs> was like Andrew Ference, and look what happened to them I know that's just one example but I've always been the, the Bruins when their best seasons was when they had a, a locked up de- defensive Dude, floor when they traded Johnny Boychuk and the team fell apart.
1: Chara, <laughs> McQuaid, Kevin Miller, dude, we yeah. were unchar.
2: I think you start with your defense I, and you actually, build out from there.
0: I will say too, the Bruins organization as a whole completely turned a corner when they signed Chara. When they signed Chara as a free agent, the entire culture. Oh, of the oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they they line line. picked
2: up like you know, it happens when you pick up one of the best defensemen in the league.
0: Yeah. All right, so with that debate being done, let's go and move on to our salary cap situation. Well, we don't I have to spend like too it's much. it's one one-in-one, dude. Just fucking get rid of Ole Mark. <laughs> I was going to say, we don't have to take too much time with this because we've been kind oh, of discussing that's, that's a answer. lot of things. we get but rid of You think, really? What about felino we... Okay, come on. No, you literally, I right, don't right, think right, right, we right. can get rid before, of Foligno. Before we get into it, we have – Four million seven hundred and fifty-eight thousand dollars in cash space. We have Bergeron to sign. We have Krejci to sign. We have Zaka to sign. Felino's making three point eight. Uh, Chris Wagner's making one point three. Um, Mike. The, the problem.
3: Put out there.
1: You have to have someone that wants to play ball and be a trade partner. Arizona. No one's gonna want to fucking take the guys. I think. Arizona. I mean,
2: Felino had thirteen points and he was a minus thirteen. I, I don't terrible. think you're, and he's making over three million a year. You're See, gonna, I'm, he's the kind that that's the kind of trade you're gonna have to give up stuff. To, they're gonna have to give up assets just to get rid of his contract. I would, and now, I would, what are you looking at?
1: I would how really do cutting guys him. work in the NHL? Is it like the NFL? Would you say? <laughs> <Where if> you <laughs> <cut> <laughs> a guy, yeah, him. I know. Fuck. Are <laughs> is, 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 trade or cutting him. guys in the NHL? Or can you even cut a guy in the NHL? Is it like in the NFL where it's just like, hey, we cut you. You know we have to we're gonna take like a fifty percent salary cap hit. We still have to pay you, so it's money out of our pocket. It's bad for business. But you know, you, you make a four them mil, now we got two mil in cap
0: space. No, you have to buy them out. And then it it still counts against the cap. So, oh, so they just, why... they just they
2: just got to get rid of them some way or the other, I guess. Now, this is but e-
0: why the
1: NHL isn't growing at all.
3: Yeah. Fucking no. Got uh, you got Arizona
2: playing in a, in a college stadium. <laughs> yeah,
1: which, honestly, yeah. they, they're being fucking tools about, too, because they're like, we don't have any weekend games. Yeah, and, and the tickets are so expensive, too. Do you know how sick it would be? All right, again, and I know it's not apples to apples because Arizona is a... You know, if they were in soccer, they'd get relegated.
2: <laughs>
1: like, they and the Bruins to- are continuous contenders. But I would
2: love to see Arizona get moved,
1: honestly. Like, I I, I, I go to the Wusoks game. Not that it's a bad product, but it's not, like, a professional product. At least Arizona is still a professional product. Even if they might suck, the other team them am good. Yeah. Like, as a college kid, seeing that I can go to a game on a Saturday night for 25 bucks, it's professional hockey, and I can get absolutely wrecked. Like, well, that would be a sick experience. And Arizona's like, no games in here on the weekend. is why your team is going to get fucking moved to like.
2: I saw the ticket prices are insane too because the stadium the t- they're playing in, I believe, only seats like 5,000 people or something like I'm that. Up, and
0: they can't even put. Their logo on seven. <laughs> yeah. What are we doing? Oh my Sell god. The team or build an actual arena in the middle if, of if Phoenix. I don't if, know. If, hypothetically, smart. hypothetically,
2: if they were to move, what city would you want to see them in? I would love to see. I would love to see uh, the Nordiques come back. Personally, I, I think would that would be Houston. electric. I would like another team in Canada.
0: I mean, hey, I wouldn't mind the Nordiques either, but I I do want to say Houston because. Houston's America's fourth largest city you got you already have the Dallas stars so there's a natural rivalry right there um and I mean I don't think they're gonna move another team to Canada
2: I mean I don't know enough about the Dallas stars but do they have people turning out to their games in troves oh, yeah, when they're they're good.
0: Yeah. yeah when they're good they do
1: well yeah when they're when they're not you know firing on all cylinders yeah
3: no one really oh, knows. Yeah. yeah I mean What's
2: I would that? I would be I I think I would be weary about putting two teams in Texas because I mean there's two teams in Florida and those Florida Panther games were comical when they were bad. There was like twelve people. The only there was there was more people working the games than there were people going.
0: It, it was like a Worcester Sharks game.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think those those teams down south. I think you have trouble trouble. Yeah, but like putting, it,
1: putting a team down south, I think is just not. Well, not, I not think great recently
0: recently it's getting better though. The Carolina Hurricanes have a legitimate fan base. Yeah. Um, Tampa. Tampa's always kinda of had a legitimate fan base.
2: Well, I feel like ca- part of Carolina's fan base, I feel like, is because they're good again. I feel like right. that certainly helps. If they were to fall off the face of the earth and be horrible, I feel like those would come I am I am a huge fan of like small cities with big teams like Winnipeg. Like they go crazy for the Jets. If, if you could put a team in like a small barn and and like I don't know, some like Halifax. Probably not Halifax, but like Quebec City. Or <laughs>
1: Send, uh, send them to Portland.
2: Portland. Oh, Portland, Oregon.
1: Ooh, and then, I was and thinking Portland, Seattle, too. Or or Salt Lake City. Salt, Salt Lake like city. city. What about uh, what? Kansas City. Kansas City? Kansas City is.
2: What about Milwaukee?
1: Oh, Milwaukee is a good one. Like
3: no, Milwaukee is
1: <laughs> actually a really good one. So the reason I say Portland is because <laughs> it's north enough, right? But Milwaukee is also north enough. And the other reason I was saying Salt Lake City is and I was just like those fucking Mormons got nothing better to do than go watch
3: a hockey game. <laughs> they yeah, don't,
1: they don't fuck, the they don't drink. Like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> go watch a hockey game.
3: <laughs> I think they we should just, they, we, we just lost, lost our, the
1: Mormon you know, audience. We're
3: Mormon not bodies.
0: scoring well with the Mormon, <laughs> Mormon
1: population.
0: <laughs> all right, so Zach, your your solution to solving the cap is just trading a line those old market.
1: It frees <laughs> about five mils, so and I have nine million in cash space. Tell me you can't fucking do anything with that. Mel, is yours Foligno.
2: M- mine would be. I don't think they could trade Felino. That's
1: the problem, dude. Is if I'm being yeah. If you want me to like live in a fairyland, yeah, let's trade Felino, Let's trade Riley. Let's trade Forber. Let's just get rid of every what? bad contract on the team. But you got to find someone that's gonna actually take. The contract. If, or if, give if, you something in return if, for the if, player.
2: I think a dream deal would be if you could package Felino and Olmark, and maybe get a defenseman like Zach West. I think if you add if you add Felino to the mix, I don't think you're going to be getting a top two guy anymore. Maybe you could get a, 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 maybe a second line, a second pairing defenseman. But I think as long as you maybe get somebody who could be in your defensive core for the next handful of years here, that's what I would be looking for in a trade personally.
0: Mel, no, if you could find a team to package... <laughs> no, because you can't lose mark this year, though. But just to play in your scenario, if we can package Fellino with Allmark and and that frees up about like almost nine million dollars, you can trade for a legitimate player.
2: They can give nine mil to Brian gianta
0: <laughs> Oh, that's exactly what I want that money. To go no, no. In,
2: in, in all honesty, though, I I, I would. I would try to trade Felino if you can't trade him before the season starts. I just eat it. I, I say mean, okay. Gotta, yeah. I I would I would get to the trade deadline. If you're at the trade deadline and the Bruins are out of the playoff picture, it's not looking good. I don't know, maybe Bergeron and Krejci aren't coming back by that point. I would hope you would know if they're on the team or not. Then I would look to move Volmark. I don't think I would move him before the season started though.
0: Okay. And one thing I will say, fans who keep saying that we need to rebuild are wrong we don't need to rebuild we need to do a quick retool think about the players we have no 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 hang on hang on think about the players we have right now we have Pasternak. we have uh jeremy swayman we have jake DeBrusk. we just traded for pavel zaka all of those guys are under 27 years old and those are key pieces you don't need to rebuild completely what rebuilding is is what chicago is doing Chicago is selling off all of their major assets. If we needed to rebuild, we would have to trade everybody. We would have to trade. Oh, I didn't even mention we have McAvoy. We don't need to rebuild. We need to retool. We need to get rid of bad contracts. We need to, we need to actually like understand what assets we need and trade for those pieces to legitimately contend for a Stanley Cup. Again. We do not need a full rebuild
2: i think here's a problem with that though i'm glad you mentioned getting rid of bad contracts because it seems like they get rid of bad contracts to free up money just to then hand out bad contracts again we true. remember how hard it was to get matt Bileski and david Backus off the books and then look at the contracts that they then went and yeah, handed I out say, david All, i love olmark but five million dollars to, to pair with a guy who you already see as being your goalie of the future, handing out $3 million dollars to Riley, signing Felino to – he's making over three, and what's he, a third-line winger now, if that? I mean, Not even.
0: He should be benched. Uh,
2: I mean, we keep talking in circles of, of these solutions that the Bruins need to make, but it seems like every time they dig themselves out of the hole, they just fall back into it again. That is
1: the best, oh, by the way, the retool, rebuild thing, I, there's That's no so way hard. to rebuild this team. Like, you got to look at it. I mean, there's no way to retool this team. We have good. We have good. I'm not saying blow it up. Like we have good. That's what a rebuild is. No, no rebuild would be let's trade absolutely fucking everybody. You keep three guys (laughs) and then you trade everyone else. You keep you keep DeBrus. I mean, not DeBrus. You keep Pasternak, McAvoy, and Swayman. So now you have a guy from each level of the team, and then you you can trade away Marshan. Right? You could get a good return for Marshan. If you don't look like you're going to do anything this year, you could try to trade away Krejci and Bergeron, soon that they hear and they're willing to wave the no trade clause and like win somewhere else. And then I guess on the contract Lindholm's on, you don't want to move him. So no, you have a good you structure. You have a good structure on defense. But, I, and then, I mean, yeah, you get rid of Smith, you get rid of Hall,
0: you get rid of. Uh, Actually, can I say one thing before you continue? Yeah. Nick Foligno is making $700,000 more than Craig Smith. Oh, Why did we sign this guy?
1: Like, dude, <laughs> can we fire this front office?
2: I would love to know what kind of production they were expecting from him when they gave him that contract.
1: Yeah, we're going sure to need you to put time 20 time in, a season, back back guy, in the season, big guy, maybe get 20 assists. <laughs> we're expecting a 40-point season out of you.
2: I feel, like, I feel like in your hypothetical, if the Bruins were to trade Bergeron and Krejci, I feel like that would just send an, an absolutely horrible precedent for the Bruins. I mean, to have – a
1: couple guys and needs
2: to retire as a bird. yes and i think to I have know, a couple man. a couple I guys think at like the end
1: that of the day, if the last thing that those guys did was help set us up for another five to ten years it wouldn't oh, so he just becomes a martyr Yeah. you know do a them a fucking <laughs> favor <laughs> take a take a super super friendly trade from another team and send those guys together all right right like Bergeron and Krejci, you know what we see that i don't know just Fucking Team A is right there at the edge of it. They only need one center, but we don't want to break you guys up. We're going to send both of you out there. We're going to take a return only for if it was just one of you going. But that way you guys can stay together. We're not fucking your lives up. And we get something in return because otherwise you guys are just going to retire this year and we're here sitting on our fucking thumbs.
2: Maybe that's part of the reason why they haven't signed. I know if I was Bergeron and Krejci and I was – if I was talking with the Bruins about coming back, I would – want it explicitly either written or said that i will not be moved for anybody
1: well that's and what i was saying hardcore. in the beginning that's why Berger might be holding it up because maybe maybe yeah. maybe they're like well dude you don't want to commit to you right now and then uh six months from now no chance of doing anything and then you know get all these super tantalizing trade offers that we would like to ship you off for like we're not gonna and again i love these guys to death but you're a huge fucking pussy if for four months you can't go play for another team and try to win one more Stanley Cup. Like, I'm sick of this Bruins team being like the fucking boys club. Where It's like <laughs> we all got to stick together. Like, dude, it's a goddamn business. Go win a cup. Get us something in return. Like, you're telling me, like, if Bergeron could go get traded to, let's just say the abs are about to run it back. And Bergeron could, all right, you know what? Let's stick geographically. Let's say we don't even ship them far away. Let's say we're like, hey, we don't want to like disrupt your life too much. Let's send you to the Islanders or the Rangers. There'll be a two-hour plane ride away from your family, and you're going to be there for four months, and you have a good chance to win another cup, and we're going to get some prospects back in return. If they say, no, I don't want to play for another team, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, one, you're stupid because you have a chance to win another cup, and two, you're fucking this over.
2: Yeah, but I, I feel like the position that they're in right now. I mean, they don't. It seems like maybe they don't want. They don't have to come back. Then I don't mean, come back. Let and us, us it seems let like us they
1: suck so bad. We get a better draft pick.
2: And and there's. I mean, it's. There, it seems like there could be a serious chance that they don't come back. So if 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 they're, if the Bruins are trying to pull them, if their foot's out the door and they're saying there are our, our only way to ensure that you don't retire or whatever it is is that we will sign you for one year we won't move you for anybody and we'll run it back one last time well then you can't move them and then you're kind of handcuffed and this goes back to what we were saying before the fact that the Bruins are even in this position where they can't make any free agent deals and they can't make any trades because they have to have this hypothetical money saved on the side because maybe their 37 and 38 year old veterans will come back and run it back one more time when adding Krejci and Bergeron to this team doesn't make them cup favorites i don't believe in my opinion by any means especially when you're without your stars your half your defensive core for the first 20 something games of the season it's a lateral step it, it adding bergeron or creche doesn't take them any closer to winning the cup the only thing it does i think is kind of extending this little trance we've been in for the last 10 years now of this core and i know it it sucks and i want them to come back as badly as everybody else does but i don't know i mean i think it, it's they're there's going to be some interesting times ahead for the Bruins.
0: I think if Bergeron and Creature come back, then we will we will definitely make playoffs. I don't think we're a top 3 team in the Atlantic. I think we come back as a wild card team. And to what Zach said earlier too, come back as a wild card team for what? Just to kind of get mm-hmm. in the first or second round again. Like, but that's not me saying that I don't want them back either cuz I do want them back. Because again, in in the playoffs anything can happen. You, your goalie gets hot, Swayman gets hot, and he goes on a run. Allmark gets hot, he goes on a run. Then you can roll with it. But I
2: they mean, gotta do,
0: they gotta do something.
2: I mean, I love Krejci and Bergeron, but looking at the status of this team, I think it would make more sense if they could use those funds and try to start building a core, than saying okay. We'll, run, we'll give these guys this money, and we'll try it one more time for this one last year. It hasn't worked. It has not worked. They haven't won a cup since 2011. I mean, they should have won in 2019, but it hasn't worked. And personally, I would rather see them use the money elsewhere. I would love to have Burr's running and Krejci come back, but I think just the realistic part of me thinks it would make more sense if they could start allocating those funds somewhere else, but I also don't trust them to do that, so...
0: I don't it's know. A tough we're, situation though, we're in right? a bit
2: of a hamster wheel here.
0: <laughs> we're we're in a weird spot because if you don't get Creasy and Bergeron back, then you're looking at a team that is not making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like they're not making the playoffs, especially with the injuries that they have. Even if right. even if those guys are healthy, I don't know if you would make the playoffs. And, without and then you
2: your and then you start thinking about the year after that because you're begging them to come back for one more year. They're not going to come back the year after that. And if we're saying, if they're not back this year, they're not making the playoffs. Well, they're not going to be back two years from now. So what's your team going to look like? Right. You need to start planning how you're going to be spending this money, which is why I think setting some money or having to save this money, this hypothetical money on the side to give the Bergeron and Krejci, if they might not even sign, that I think is dumb. I think it's 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 annoying that you have to wait months to try and sign people or make moves because you got to wait for these two veterans to come back or not.
0: Right. Okay. Well, with that being said, that trans that transitions into our what if segment, <laughs> and because of that being said, I think Zach's what if should be spoken about first.
1: All right. So my biggest what if, and I think everyone can tell I really hate this front office. <laughs> um, you hate a
0: lot of things.
1: No, I think of everything in Boston sports. I hate this front office. Like. There's a lot of things I'm unhappy about and I would do a different way in other sports. Uh, Maybe I hate the Red Sox front office too, but this front office, I absolutely hate (laughs) Um, because my big what if, and I don't want to get too much into the ripple effects of it because it might, you know, come up in other what ifs. So I'll just, I'll just get it out. If you hit on the fucking 2015 draft, right? There it is. There's so many fucking things that could have gone different, and I'm just gonna loosely name a scenario. It doesn't mean it's absolutely what would happen, but all right. So one of the big things I've always said, and me and Michael actually were just talking about this. If you hit on other players, the Brusque pick wouldn't look that bad. So let's say you get Barzal and Brusque in the first round, right? Now this looks great. You're like, oh man, Barzall's like our, you know, guy from that draft. And he's got his buddy Debrusque, who's a pretty good player to come along with him. And let's just say to, you know, manage and move him back and whatnot. You, you trade that third first round pick, maybe for a first round pick next year, and you trade it, your 37th pick, 36th pick, whatever we had, to move up to the beginning of the second round. And then you take Aho there. So now you have Barzal, Dabrowski, and Ajo in, in your first three picks. Not crazy unheard of to hit on three first picks, especially if you actually did scouting. Because what we did wrong, right, was Sweeney never scouted this draft because he thought he had a trade lined up with those three picks to move up to the beginning of the draft, who he probably would have taken the fucking bust that we just traded for anyways. So who gives a <laughs> shit? So, um, but yeah, like, again, I know that's like really saying, holy shit, we had the perfect draft. But I'm saying with the
0: right scouting, it's not unreasonable to hit on your first three picks. I will say this. So with the 13th, we have 13, 14, and 15. 13, we took Jacob Zavoro. He's going to play a lot this year. Zaboral is going to play a lot this year. Watch.
1: All right, so put it like this. Make that pick that we take Barzal with. So then we get rid of one of our bust picks. Senesian, aka (laughs) Senesian,
0: such a guy. He's not even on the team anymore. Oh my god! So
1: trade that back with our other pick. We move up into the beginning of the third, uh, second round, right? Mm -hmm. Because when did Ajo go? Ajo in the second. Yeah, I think it was thirty-fifth, right? Yeah,
0: beginning of the second. Yeah.
1: So you go to thirty-four, and you get their first-round pick next year, and they get a first-round pick in that draft. And they get a second round pick in that draft and you just move up. Because everyone knows like a pick in the current draft is more valuable a pick the next year. Um, I just
2: I – remember, I remember when that – because, I mean, Sweeney was literally hired like, what, two months before that draft? He was hired dude, in May. I don't even know if it was I, that long. I fully, I have always believed that he never planned on using those picks. I remember that was during the time when the Bruins were doing everything they could to try and get Noah Hannafin over here. And that included trading Dougie Hamilton for a bunch of picks to try and get Noah Hannafin. And I think that the Hurricanes were like, no, we're good. And Sweden was like, oh, shit.
1: Well, now I gotta what try and use is. these picks. That's what everyone said, and
2: like, I think that's what, and I think it's even funnier when you look down the line and you see that Dougie Hamilton was traded for Noah Hannifin straight up, and the Bruins couldn't have done that when when they had Dougie Hamilton on their roster, and instead they were locked into the first round with three back to with three picks in a row, and you're looking at a guy who was picked right after who, who could be a Hall of Famer.
1: Three first don't, round picks in a row in any sport.
2: I can't think of. I can't think of two picks in a row that were this bad in any sport, and now you want to have three of them in a row. And it's not even that the picks were bad, like you mentioned. Seneshin, uh, where do they ship him off to? Ottawa? Did Ottawa. He, did he even I, – I remember they drafted him because he had, like – a stupid amount of points playing on the fourth line. And they were like, Oh my gosh, we can put up that much points on playing a fourth line minutes. Well, he's playing against fourth line guys. I think that's yeah. an important part to think about here as well. But I think the worst, the, it's not even just three first round picks in the top 15 and only having one of them, and and DeBrusque somewhat pan out, and having we'll see what happens with zaborro But it's the fact of the guys that you just mentioned who were taking after. And you look at the Bruins now, and the holes in this roster. And if you could add Connor and Barzell and and Aho and other names who were taken after them in that draft to this team, I mean, we're not talking about a rebuild. We're talking about well, that's- we're, talk- we're talking about being <laughs> yeah, good again. Members. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, no, this hang
0: on, hang fun. on. We're talking and- about being good again for another. Ten to fifteen years, if you just take Barzal instead of Senishin, and you look yeah, at Barzal Brady instead did. of Seneshan. you have Bergeron on the first line, Barzal on the second line, and then Krejci leaving last year doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. You have yeah. you literally and have Marshawn. If you're the Bruins, Poxba. you
2: might be pushing Krejci out of the door at that yeah, point. You could have traded him for assets. Yeah, but I mean, and, oh, and on look what pick. it does for
1: you in free agency. Look what it does for you in free agency because look at like the Brady effect here, and it's still going on. Like Julio Jones just signed to go with the Bucks. Not that Julio Jones is great anymore, but you're still getting a very a talented guy that wants to go play with this team because they're ready to win, and you know it's because of Brady. And you saw it here all the time with the Pats that these guys, offense or defense, would come here to take team-friendly deals because they would know that they would win because Brady was here. You would have that same thing. It would be just like when you were a like perennial cup contender for that like 2011 to 20, like. 15 stretch. We took a couple years off and we just caught lightning a bottle on that 19 year. So I'm not really going to count those years. But like from 2011 to 2015 ish, it was just like every single year you could pencil us three. They're going for the presence, cup deep run in the playoffs. You'd get guys like Indaginla and Yager who are on like the last legs of their careers wanting to come here and try to win. And they obviously were still good, productive players. <laughs> it's like you would still be having that now, and for the next ten to fifteen years. So now you don't have to worry about mismanaging the cap because these guys are gonna these guys are gonna make your job easy. They're gonna be like, "Dude, mm-hmm. we will take the least amount of money that we can come play for this team because you have the team that's ready to win, and we might be the missing piece. And you, we know you don't want to pay us a lot of money."
0: Yeah. Also, I just... will say. Wait, really quick, Mal. Uh, yeah. All I will say about Senishin. He's played 16 total NHL games. He has three points. <laughs> one one goal. Oh, my Lord.
1: What's well, his plus-minus? I...
2: <laughs> yeah, how many checks does he have? How many block he's, shots? He's,
0: a, he's actually a minus-one.
2: I just wanted to say, super quick tangent, I'm yeah. glad you brought up Drew McKinla. I don't think, as a Bruins fan, there was any sweeter feeling than... Finding out that he was coming to the Bruins, and then oh no, now he's on the Penguins, and then swooping him out of the playoffs on your way to the Stanley Cup Finals—that oh was amazing. That, that,
0: that was, was the greatest and then and that, then that, that is the Yager
2: here.
0: Yeah, a and has, yeah, and then a former Penguin too. Like it, was, I wanted it was so bad. So that nice. I went for Yager. Oh, I know. All right, so with that, with that, what if over? I'll bring up my what if. What if Mark Savard never got hurt? What if Mark Savard's career never ended? Do you he,
1: think he makes it to 2013 if it doesn't end in that 2011 run? I think he does. Then I think he, we win that 2013 cup.
0: People don't understand how good Mark Savard was. Dude, he, he was like 40 points a season. Give us the numbers. He, more than that, Zach. More than that. He had two straight seasons. He, in 05-06 with Atlanta, he had 97 points. Then 06-07 with us, he had 74 his career his nhl career totals he played 807 games and he was he had 706 career points he was almost a point per game player nobody all, the only thing people remember about mark Savard is that his career was ended by matt cook and if we have him i mean 2013 is We'd probably win the Cup in 2013 if Mark Savard is still the team.
2: But, you, I mean, what role is he playing, though? Because David Krejci was the best player in the playoffs. and, and Oh, or is that 2011 he that, he, that he carried the Bruins?
0: Honestly, he, he it was. was 11. Yeah. It was 11 that he, he carried, carried the
2: Bruins. 11. And
1: then 13, and I could be wrong, but I just remember a lot of Bergeron highlights. I think Bergeron carried that team in 13.
0: It usually, is Bergeron highlights. Like, it, it's always Bergeron. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I really, I'm, being, I'm going to be honest, the thing that I remember most about 2013 was that Toronto. The Maple game. Leafs, yeah. Oh my god, that was which was, was e- Bergeron's right. in games was, Yeah, on, yeah, yeah. The tying goal and the game-winning goal. This is why he needs to retire as a Bruin. I'm just saying, <laughs> dude. If he was
1: plays four months somewhere else and wins a cup, I'm not going to ever look at him any different. It's like he left you in free agency and continued his career like Brady. It's like, hey, man, Mm -hmm. listen, this is your last chance to win anything. And one, we want to see you do something at the end of your career, not just waste away on this team in your last season. And two, it would be nice to get something back.
0: All right. Mel, do you have a what if? Or not not this episode, next (laughs) episode? No,
2: not really. I was thinking of hypothetical what ifs. I don't really – think there's much to say. I was thinking of if the Bruins didn't trade Joe Thornton. I don't know what that would look like if he was here throughout those those 2010 teams.
1: Right, you go for that. That'd be your Actually, one. A you one. You don't want to enter the <laughs> chamber right now. Yeah. So right, go with the Joe
2: yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think of adding Joe Thornton to those teams. Do you think... Okay, hypothetically, if the Bruins don't move Joe Thornton, do you think he plays until he's like 42 here in Boston? Do you think they inevitably ship him off at some point? I,
1: bet I him. think mm-hmm. that... I think that getting rid of Joe with opened the window for this team's current window.
2: Yeah.
3: I
1: think getting them out of here put us in the position where we ended up getting Bergeron, getting Krejci, signing Chara, getting Sabard, you know, that, I that think, sort of stuff.
2: I think that a conversation should be started about how the Bruins have this incredible tendency of never getting enough in trades when they trade these superstars. I mean, they traded Joe Thornton, who at the time was, what, 23? He was an MVP, and they got, I think, like, Marco Sturm and Brad Stewart for him, which is, you know... Yeah, like, come on. You know, you're
3: trading... What trade
1: trade do you think's worse then? Because I know who you're going to (laughs) say next is Sagan. Do you think the Sagan trade's worse, or do you think the Thornton trade's
0: worse? Sagan
2: trade.
1: Really? No, no, I don't know. I, don't I know. think I it's mean, the Thornton trade.
2: I think, that, I think that the Bruins got more production out of Marco Sturm and Brad Stewart than, than they did from the players they got back from the Sagan trade. And I think that the Bruins were still a good team after they traded Sagan, yes. where there were some wandering years there that the Bruins had after they traded Joe Thornton.
1: Well, well that's I mean, we why the I think the... Louis Erickson. That's why I think the boring <laughs> trade was worse because you, I know it opened the door for all this stuff, but it wasn't like you all of a sudden just completely retooled when you got rid of him. Um, when you, I mean, the guys that you got, yeah, you got Louis Erickson, freaking Riley, or whatever the fucking name is. They um, got
2: uh, that defenseman they lost in the expansion draft. What's oh, his Colin name? Miller? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude,
1: Colin Miller was good here. Like
0: you actually yeah, got you got. I, know. I I take my I take my opinion back. The the Thornton trade was way more. Yeah, worse. you got, got pro... too in the second trade. Yeah, I think you got I productive think productive guys. It
1: wasn't like you got great guys, but you got productive guys.
2: I think that the the bigger thing. I think you're right. I think I think that the Bruins got more talent back in the trade for Sagan but I think that the biggest problem was like what three years after the Sagan trade or maybe three and a half four years after you had nobody left on your roster from that team I right. mean you what they do did Lou Erickson walk in free agency what, uh,
1: no you shipped him and Riley for, for, for. I thought to the Panthers oh yeah, oh, you yeah. Shipped Erickson you shipped Erickson to Vancouver and you shipped Riley to the Panthers and yeah.
2: you lost Colin Miller for nothing
1: you lost so, the I mean, you could say that, but you also could say you kept some guys. I mean, it really it came down to the, the three guys that they're floating out to put in the expansion draft are Kevin Miller, Colin Miller, and Brandon Carlo. And I mean, at the end of the day, out of three choices, you picked the fucking wrong one.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I just – I know I love Marco Sturm when he was here. Brad Stewart was, a, was a, a cog in that defensive system for the Bruins for a while. So I don't know. I I mean I feel yeah, like I-
1: – Side note, just when I hear the name Marco Sturm and, and totally not hockey. Do you remember Marco Scudero? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what a weird time that was. The only thing I think of honestly when I hear Marco Sturm – is his, uh, his goal at the Winter Classic in Federal. Yeah, yeah. In- I a- have time. that on a,
2: on a puzzle downstairs. <laughs> I remember when I was growing up, I was so upset when I was growing up because when I was playing hockey, I was always number 16. And I was like, damn it, man. I can never play for the Bruins because that's Marco Sturm's number." <laughs> I, <can't remember.
3: laughs> that's <why laughs> I was that. like,
2: he was my favorite player. I was like, man, they're going to retire his number. I don't even know if he had, I mean, what was his career high in goals here in Boston? I'm thinking they're going to be
0: retiring his number someday. <laughs> I don't even know, but... I gotta look that up, actually. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, Marco Sturm was, uh... I mean, we were pretty young. Probably, what, like, around, like...
2: Oh, Marco Sturm had back-to-back 27 goal years. Not bad. In Boston. You know, not... not not hang your number in the rafters numbers, but No Well <laughs> you know, that's him alright. That's some alright, you know. <laughs> that
1: got him that got him retired back to this hometown hockey rink. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> a local legend.
0: Alright guys. Well, we're hitting about a little over an hour and a half here, so
1: I mean after <laughs> we edit out your fucking terrible intro we're probably yeah. hey, hey,
0: hey. No and no one was ever gonna know about that. now they will <laughs> <laughs>
2: you could have added an extra half hour to the end if you were recording our Celtics take before this started. <laughs> oh,
0: I I know, dude. But hey, with that being said, um, this was episode one of uh something Brewin', something's brewing podcast. Um, I'd like to thank Mark Allred, and the team at Black and Gold Productions LLC for giving us this opportunity. It's been a it's been a blessing working for them. It's been a blessing working with them, and I can't wait to see where this partnership. Uh, what this partnership leads to. So I'm Mike Sullivan. That's Zach Sullivan. And that's Nick Melanson signing off.
3: See you next week. (laughs) Till next week.